Hi everyone, welcome to Murders in Paradise. I am Jen, joined as always by Jaredad. Good evening. Good evening, Jaredad. How's it going? It's going pretty good. My tongue's a little numb. Why is that? Well, <laughs> hot peppers. So, Jaredad and I, if you listen to the Golden Ratio podcast, I have mentioned yeah. uh, this, basically a podcast that was a, an exclusive with Audible, who's our sponsor? Audible.com slash the audibletrial.com slash the golden ratio uh, on our golden ratio podcast. Um, you can get cheaper subscriptions. Yeah. And they have uh, an Audible exclusive called It Burns, which is basically like a five part <laughs> podcast about the world's hottest chili peppers. It's really great. And I had listened to it and like raved about it and finally kind of forced your dad to listen to it and in if the you car. like australian accents it's even better because the dude the journalist is an australian yeah the host is australian uh it's really just so wonderfully done and really good and uh i don't know why i had you in the car for a long time but i'm like all right i'm putting this on so you finally listen to it and it oh, you talks... handcuffed me i think <laughs> yeah. oh we don't talk about that on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about sort of the world's hottest chili peppers you probably have heard of the ghost pepper which was the old hottest pepper and old then, news so what's the scorpion what's the one you have the, i don't know it's on the freaking it's some counter. australian something scorpion then there's the carolina reaper yes there's all these different ones and so i had bought gr dad these tortilla chips so here's the thing about gr dad he will eat anything like on a dare. He's that guy, basically. Uh, we've gone to Oyamel, which is a wonderful Mexican restaurant here in D.C. owned by Jose Andres. Friggin' gift to the universe uh, who has fed all of the Caribbean islands after hurricanes for the last couple of years. He's a saint and a wonderful human. He really is. This is Mexican restaurant, and they have grasshopper tacos. And Jared Head has eaten the grasshopper tacos, which I think we talked about on the other podcast. Yeah, it's like a Oaxaca delicacy or something. It's I mean, they gross. do eat them. It does not. I'm just a vegetarian. Made up. Yeah. And a little bit of. Whoa. Little, yeah. Hello. The ghosts we're going to talk about later are here. Ghosts. A little bit of a. I am a bug phobic. And so Jared Dad's eating this taco and there's like leg hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> it was fine it was remarkably not tasty <laughs> yeah so but if you're like your dad i bet you won't eat whatever then he'll eat it almost anything so True. at whole foods they had ghost pepper tortilla chips paki p-a-q-u-i i think is the company and uh i was like hey you want me to get you some ghost pepper tortilla chips and he's like on okay. the phone after some beers I don't even know if he said yes, but I just ordered them, and then I yeah. knew he would eat them. I think I went off on just saying ghost pepper for about five minutes. I didn't give you an answer. I was just like, ghost pepper. Ghost <laughs> pepper. Probably went that So I way. got him. Uh, and <clears throat> so I love spicy food, like spicy, spicy, spicy food. Hot, spicy food. Uh, these were hot. They didn't hurt me. They hurt you more than they hurt me. But they were warm. I was sitting around. I mean, this is when you were traveling. I was sitting around at some point just with my tongue burning. <laughs> going. <laughs> so I got him yeah. those. And then we were listening to the podcast. Maybe that's what it was. It was all a sequence. I had the ghost peppers. And you're like, you got to listen to this podcast. Yes, I think that's right. And so then they were talking about this Australian pepper that had been the world's hottest. And yeah, the Carolina Reaper has displaced it, but maybe they cheated, this whole drama about it. Yeah. And so anyway, I got him a bottle of hot sauce that had that whatever scorpion the 
Australian world's hottest pepper yeah. in it. West uh, Indies or something. Yeah, something like or that. Hang on. The Trinidad Scorpion. There it is. So uh, I got a bottle of Trinidad Scorpion hot sauce. Uh, and your dad like stared at it for a day and I'm like, you know, you're going to eat it and you smell it and it like burns your nose. This podcast is so good at describing, it's competitive hot pepper eating is, is one of the, one mm-hmm. of the aspects. And it is so good at describing the terrible things that happen to people who eat these things competitively. I mean, it's not pretty. They lose it completely. Oh yeah. They hallucinate, they vomit, they and can't. It, and it's like yeah. a day later and they're still messed up. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm a little I, I'm a little afraid of this stuff. It's true. Though. They're eating like the straight peppers. Yeah, Like this are. is the sauce. So we got the Trinidad Scorpion hot sauce, uh, which was not that bad. I mean, it was hot, but I mean, I was fine. We it's, each ate some. I don't know. I mean, I... I it's I hot. was fine. <laughs> it's hot. It's, so it's dear certainly... dad's now adding it to stuff. He's like, I'm going to put it on the pizza. I'm going to put it in the salsa so it's not that bad. <laughs> But then it's one of those slow-acting poisons where, you know, t- 10, 15, 20 seconds later, your tongue starts to burn, and then it stays burning for a little while. Dear Dad doesn't know what I have ordered from Amazon on the way for him already. Oh, God. So we'll <laughs> talk about that later. Anyway, this is not the Golden Ratio Chili Podcast. This is the Golden Ratio Murder Podcast. Yep. Which is not even about murder this week. It's about spooky ghosts. Maybe you're trying to murder me with chili peppers. <laughs> so jury's still out on this. I uh, I try. We promised to release this on Halloween, and uh, I was filming a project all week, like five hours a day, and I had to get up early and leave. And we dude, you were being do. filmed as I part was of being someone filmed. else's I was project. Sitting in front of a green screen, reading mm-hmm. off a teleprompter for four, literally four hours straight every day, uh, which is really exhausting actually because you have to focus you can't stumble over words yeah and uh so we got the other two podcasts out but this one's a little bit late so sorry sorry happy halloween anyway it's halloween weekend yes halloween weekend a weekend so we're still doing uh the final in our series of ghosts for halloween <laughs> i really like having the ghosts in here and oh, they just continue murders in paradise may continue to have some occasional ghost content maybe we should call it haunted murders in paradise or murders in paradise with ghosts yeah or maybe just like terror in paradise yeah that'd be good that could cover ghosts and murder weird stuff in paradise it doesn't sound as powerful though yeah we'll think about it horrifying (laughs) stories (laughs) anyway this week we're gonna do a whole bunch of hemingway related ghost stories so good hemingway so ernest hemingway uh, very good author, also kind of an asshole, lived in Key West. Weird, because he was a man's man in the 30s, and it's just stunning. What an asshole he was? How different. It it was unquestionably true then, and he's such an asshole today for doing the things that were so cool at the time. Actually, they were kind of assholey at the time, too. Yeah, just no, cool, judged right. by men who didn't care about anybody else. True. Okay, so... Uh, Ernest Hemingway lived in Key West for quite a while, and uh, the Hemingway House is a popular tourist attraction. Cats. Six-toed cats. Buttload of cats. He like, basically left the house to his cats. Good dozens of good, good cats. Yes. I actually haven't gone because I am deathly allergic to cats. Oh, you would not like. No, I would get really sick, uh, which I kind of am now, but that's because of like germs and not because of cats. So uh, anyway, you can go see his house, and it's beautiful. This house is beautiful, yep. and it has a whole bunch of cats living at it. Of course, swimming pool in Key West. 
his. Yes, but now it's filled in, right? It's not. No, still no, there. it's there. Oh, his, is it still there? His wife dug it out of spite. That's right. That's, is that where the boxing ring was? The boxing ring. There had been, and then she's like, he left for for a long time as yeah. he was wont to do, and then she was like, I spent all your money on this. We will, ha ha. Yeah, there's. It's not functional relationships that he was in. Now it's bad. Now, so anyway, there's a whole bunch of ghost stories surrounding Ernest Hemingway, and also he committed suicide, uh, which is just one of the many ghost stories. So we have several in the book Haunted Key West by David Sloan, which we've been reading from from the last couple weeks. So I'm going to give you a series of Hemingway-related ghost stories from the book. Classic. You ready? I am so ready for this. Yes. Okay. Bring it on. So the first one is called Haunted Hemingway, The Watcher. Mm -hmm. I'm basically reading you from david sloan's book here okay uh Jared and i have heard this story on a ghost tour that we Jared sitting there with his tongue hanging out it's, it's burning bit, huh it's a little bit tongue it's getting better it's getting better <laughs> you want some ice cream <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> okay uh so this is the story that Jared and i heard on the ghost tour that we did in key west again something we highly recommend if you come down to our end of the little edge of the country yep built in 1909 the Casa Antigua, this book says, is now home to the Pelican Poop Shop. Though that's not true anymore. It's, it's an now escape room, isn't it? Yep. It's the Key West escape room. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I don't know what the hell they sold, sold in the Peloton, Pelican Poop Shop. But anyway, now it's the escape room. The benign explanation would be boat supplies, like poop dick. But yeah, who knows? Uh, but the building has seen quite a bit of activity over the years. It survived fires and hurricanes and has served as everything from a flop house to a car dealership. Car it, dealership. I remember that. Yep. It also has the distinction of having provided Pauline and Ernest Hemingway their first residence on the island. So you're going to get like, I think among these stories, pretty much the full Hemingway history on Key West here. So this is the arrival of Hemingway on Key West. In April of 1928, Hemingway and his wife arrived in Key West on a steamer ship. Ernest was to pick up his new Model A from the Trevmore Ford dealership. Wait, this is before the Model T? Yeah, the Model A. <laughs> I know. Okay, all right. Uh, so there was a Ford dealership at uh, Casa Antigua, which is this place. It's like a three-story building. Right in the middle of old Key West. Yes, that's right, right in the middle. Um, so he's supposed to pick up his car. The car isn't there yet. Because they're not building the cars on Key West. Key West is tiny. They've got to import them on a boat. At least. Right? They need to import them on a boat. Several boats and some uh, railroads. They, and, yeah. yeah, the train might have been there now. Uh, but anyway, the car wasn't there. And so he's like, I literally took a boat here to come get this car. And they're like, yeah, well, uh, we'll put you up in a hotel. Sorry, sir. Yeah. So they were given lodging at the Trevmore Hotel. So there's the Trevmore Ford dealership. Trevmore Hotel. Everyone's got a side hustle in Key West. <laughs> it's just the second floor above the garage. Yeah, but it's like Trevmore is like, I got a Ford dealership and I get some empty rooms. I'm now a hotel owner. Yeah, basically, that it's still like that <laughs> yeah. in Key West. Uh, so it ended up that they were there for seven weeks. Yeah, your car... <laughs> Jared Adams put his beer on the mic. Because it's still kind of like that in Key West. Yeah, it still like, totally is. Oh, it could be tomorrow. We don't know if we'll get the permit. It could be seven weeks. It, could, it was. It was seven weeks. Don't, don't hold your breath, guys. Uh, it was seven weeks that they were in that room. While he was there, Hemingway finished writing A Farewell to Arms. Because, <laughs> of course, he did. It's a big book. Yeah. God. Uh, and over the course of those couple months, 
it says they, but I think it means he fell in love with Key West. Uh, he called it Saint Tropez of the Poor. Oh yeah, it's because it's like you know fairly gritty. Yeah, I mean Key it's West not, is it is not like not a hoity-toity highbrow. I mean, there's always a lot of artists and writers still right. to this day a lot of right. those types there. Uh, but yeah, it's not like it's sort of expensive to live there but it's not like a rich person i think when he was there it was probably like cannery and fishery it was there were a lot of work people were really actually working yeah uh so he didn't leave he stayed there for 13 years in key west he's like this place is great and frankly uh despite the fact that you're an asshole i sympathize because literally the first time i was in the keys i was like so could we move here and dear dad's like what is wrong with you i'm like i think i would like to live here and he's like huh and so <laughs> took a few years but that happened as well you consistently you stayed very consistent on that yes i mean i'm decisive i know what i like and i was like well this is absolutely where i was supposed to live in my entire life yeah well hemingway stayed there too and bought a house and like fixed it up and planted palms <laughs> yep yep i mean i'm doing what i can without hemingway's budget fair yeah uh so casa antigua hemingway lived there for seven weeks before Moving out, reports of hauntings at the Casa Antigua are common, and the location has become a regular stop for several ghost tours, including the one that we took. So this chapter that we're going to read you is about the hauntings there. Okay, so now the book that we're reading from, Haunted Key West by David L. Sloan, it tells about the hauntings at Casa Antigua from the perspective of the ghost. Interesting literary choice. The first person here... Is the ghost An talking. Unreliable, perhaps non-existent narrator. <laughs> I watched with curiosity for several years, says the ghost, as the tuxedo-clad gentleman-led people passed my residence, pausing briefly to point out the plaque reading, on this site in 1886, nothing happened. Oh my God, that's still there. It I've is. seen that plaque. Yep. Uh, Key West has always been dear to my soul, says the ghost, her natural beauty, tropical climate, and ample supply of unusual people strolling down the lanes create rare magic. Well, that's certainly true. I begin the nightly ritual of watching the world unfold from the comfort of my front door. I do my best work in the morning as Key West afternoons prove a bit too humid for my taste. So apparently when you dead, still feel the humidity. <laughs> and this guy gets up early. Later in the day, as the sun dips below the horizon and the sea air cools the island, Key West has a beauty that could never be appreciated from the confines of a studio. Over the years, I've become accustomed to spending the better part of each evening passing time from my threshold at 314 Simonton Street. One evening, the tour stopped before my home for a bit longer than usual. The group listened attentively and acted oblivious to my presence, with the exception of one lady. She looked as if my being there startled her, though the others could sense that I was content to be left alone and listen in. People in Key West are pretty good at respecting the privacy of others. The guide pointed at the plaque, but I was distracted by the look this woman was giving me. I silently excused myself and headed back inside, leaving my friend in the top hat to tell his story. That's the ghost tour guide. They don't have top hats anymore. Well, not, not the one we want on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The following night, my interest was piqued as I observed my friend speaking of ghosts in the house. In all my time here, I've never seen a hint of such activity, but then again, I'm a bit of a skeptic, says the ghost. Hey, 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 hey. Well, it's supposed to be very funny. Uh, for nearly... <laughs> Go ahead. 
For nearly five years, the top-headed tour guide and I had encountered each other on a nightly basis without speaking, but now I felt enough comfort to play along. It was a Friday evening, and though I didn't know what sparked my playfulness, I ducked behind the door as I saw the lantern turning from Eaton Street onto Simonton. Standing in my doorway, the guide spoke of the black, went into the history of the residence, and then BOOM! I struck the closed door with all of my might, and judging by the screams on the other side, it was quite a hit. My friend with the top hat was so startled that he had trouble telling his story, but I like to think we all had a good laugh about the episode. I will still bang against the door on occasion just to keep them on their toes, of course, but for the most part, I'm happy watching. Perhaps tonight I'll listen to the whole story and see what this ghost business is all about. So... Yeah, when we took the tour, they were saying, you know, sometimes you'll see a figure just hanging out in the doorway, just watching yep. our tour. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we don't really know who the dude is, but this guy apparently haunts that location that was four dealership, four dealership slash hotel. And we totally have seen that plaque that said, on this date, nothing happened. Yep. So that's still there. Okay. Uh, haunted Hemingway number two, Ernest's Ghost. Ooh, who's of Ernest Hemingway? <laughs> okay uh i believe this is that his house it's supposed to be haunted well yeah all right six men gathered around the sturdy oak table that occupied the majority of the floor space on the drinking side of the chart room bar the men tossed back mojitos and cracked the salty peanuts before disposing of their shells on the floor each man had a devilish gleam in his eyes as he crafted a story that would one-up the one told before it your dad just made a face and rolled his eyes. Carry on. <laughs> Another mojito, Frank beckoned to the bartender while puffing his chest and deepening his voice for effect. Make that too, mimicked Lenny, his voice even deeper than Frank's. Lenny, my Not... voice is really deep. <laughs> okay, I'm thinking of Lenny and Squiggy. That's different. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Not to be outdone, the remaining four men followed suit with the drink orders, each one puffing their chest and lowering their voice with greater exaggeration than the one before them. You want to say... Another mojito. Men are weird. You want to try it? Your voice is Another low. mojito. <laughs> That's very good. I'm the Duchess. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Valerie. Happy. The bartender. Yeah, thank you. Crushed <laughs> mint, added sugar and rum. Like, we seriously know what a mojito Mojitos is. are delicious. Though. They are. Really delicious. I, I would totally things. like one right now. Because of the sugar. Because of the sugar. Oh, we need, don't really have any good. mint. We better get some. Oh, we were mint to get some mint. All right, can we seriously digress here for a second? So we make mojitos now with coconut rum from the legal first legal rum distillery in Key West, which we've got like eight bottles of around the house. It's, it's really good. All right, so like I'm sure you've had Malibu rum or like Parrot Bay or whatever, and like that's perfectly fine. But if you have green coconut rum from the first legal rum distillery in Key West, it's like having a strawberry after you've only tried like strawberry flavored Jolly Ranchers uh-huh. where you go, this is what this is actually supposed to like everything else tastes like everything else has been an imitation. And that rum is good in two ways. It tastes delicious. Like it is so good. So good. The f- first legal distillery in Key West, we can't say enough about it. There are it's just fantastic. Good, uh, many other good rums that come out of Key West or around Key West. It's, it's a, it's a n- Peel our rum. Nothing against Delicious. Pilar, and there's some other really good rums. Yep. But these have, I mean, we've had tried four or five different kinds. We have from a there. lot of bottles from there. It's all great. And the green coconut one, it's clear. Yep. But yep. if you put it in the window. In sunlight. Sunlight, it turns pink. There's like an enzyme from the coconuts 
They, they didn't know this when they distilled it. They're just like, oh, it'll taste like coconut. And then they realized that coconut water turns pink when you put it in the sun because nobody ever does. You drink it right away. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these bottles are all turning pink. So they actually did a breast cancer benefit with the pink bottles, but we just drink it. We store delicious. ours like in sunny windows or sometimes outside. <sighs> so and so good. now it's all like bright pink. So it's a little bit of magic. Yeah. To add to the actually really good flavor, it's it's, a, it's, ama- it's a double so double whammy. It would be great if it were clear like any other rum. Yeah. But now it's even more, you know, like fantastic. Yeah, it really mind. is delicious. You cannot get it anywhere except there. So like, if you go to Key West, bring a suitcase that you can check and bring back a bunch of rum. They, <laughs> I think actually, if you go there, they'll ship it to you. Like if you buy it in the store. Yeah. They'll ship it. Oh, and it. get the chocolates, the candies, the most full important of rum. thing. Those you can buy online. So they have these like chocolate bonbons and the inside is liquid rum, just like straight up. You want to get the raw and unfiltered. It's got like, the way it works is that there's like this beautiful, delicious chocolate coating. Yep. And then on the inside is this like very thin shell made out of sugar. And so it's a little crunchy. It's a little crunchy. Yep. And then they fill it with liquid rum and so you have to put the whole thing in your mouth at once and bite down. and then otherwise you get this... it'll all run out like a little shot. Yeah, it's not like rum-flavored ganache or whatever. It's just straight-up rum <laughs> inside so the thing. They're so good. Like, we, we go in and I'm like, can I please have 10 boxes? I'm totally going to give them to friends. <laughs> and, and they're like, I... we only made four. No, we only God, have just... four left this month. And that like, did happen once. I will take all these four. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Those you can buy online. Uh, and they're so good. They're so worth it. If if you like rum, I mean, if you don't, then don't because it's it's the yeah. rum's a big part of the flavor. Yeah. yeah. And I'm uh, not a sweet tooth, but this stuff's great. Yeah, it's so good. So yeah, when we make mojitos now, we make it with coconut rum uh, from here, and it just gives it a nice little twist. It's so good. And if you're in the Keys, you can get coconut rum mojitos. In coconut mojitos, too, yeah. They, they'll have probably not that coconut rum, but they'll have coconut rum that is good. A coconut mojito is just the best. Yeah. One of my favorites. All right. So Valerie is our bartender in this story that we abandoned. Everyone's doing deep voices and big macho bullshit. Exactly. Valerie is making mojitos. She says, there you go, Ernest. And here's one for you, Ernest. A mojito for Ernest. The same for Ernest. Another for you, Ernest. And last but not least, your mojito, Mr. Hemingway. Lenny. Because it's the Ernest Hemingway lookalike contest. You were there. You did a race with the Ernest Hemingway. I did. So they the have, running of the Hemingways. <laughs> yep. So there's a Hemingway days down in Key West, and it there's all kinds of festivities. So there's a Hemingway lookalike contest. <laughs> <laughs> there's a a 5K, which was epic. So Pilar, which is so Pilar was the name of Ernest Hemingway's boat. That's another rum distillery, literally one block down from the one we were just talking also about. Also very good rum. Their Nothing rum is those guys. Yeah. fantastic. Uh, they make a blonde, which is my favorite. They make a dark. Uh, we also have like, they lost two barrels of rum for like 15 years and then found them. And then they bottled those. So there were like 99 bottles of rum. We got one of them. On the wall. It it And it's... Oh, I just, let me digress. We stayed in a hotel down there. Oh, and you know, yes. in a hotel, they have the tiny little bottles of bourbon. They have a tiny little bottle of this and then like a couple of cans of Coke and some Bud Light. And in this hotel, they also had a half a pint, I mean, a 750 full, a milliliter, full, bottle, full size. 750 milliliter bottle of Pilar rum. Yeah, the blonde. And we're like, oh, it's going to be a million dollars. Look, let's check the price list. Oh, it's $12 for the water, $15 for the Coke, $12 yeah. for the beer. 
15 no it was like 20 dollars for the bottle of rum just like what you'd pay in the store Tw- maybe 22 I, yeah. I don't want to totally but it was that it was ridiculously cheap yeah for the rum compared and we're just like well even if we only have like three of these it's cheaper than going to a yeah. freaking bar <laughs> and getting cocktails so we drank a significant amount of that bottle oh, while we were there for a few more days. More than half. For a few days. I mean, it didn't wasn't all one, at once, but... No, no, we didn't get wasted on it, but it was It was also like, delicious. So we, good. We would just drink it like on ice. Like you drink a sipping bourbon, <sighs> you can drink this rum. It's so sipping good. Sipping rum, yeah. So Pilar, also a great rum, much more commercial, probably available around Yes, you can get you that at any are. place. But uh, uh, not quite as good as this as this uh, first legal distillery, but, but, but really good, solid... Yeah, rum. I love it. It makes a really good. Um, yeah, we've had mojitos with it, but what else have I made with it? I mean, it's just great for everything. Yeah, I like drinking it by itself. But at this, at the Ernest Hemingway Days Festival, they so I showed up for this five k. Like I just had this string of bad <laughs> races. There, we've got a whole running podcast about that, uh, and I had pulled a muscle in my leg literally the day before in my calf, like violently. It hurt so bad. And I walked and walked and walked around. And finally, I was like, I'm going to do this damn 5K. And I showed up at the start line. And PLR Rum is there serving rum punch. I was the only one there early. Intending to be after the after party. And I'm like, can I have some now? And they're like, no, okay. (laughs) And they gave me one, ran their 5K. I was out. It's great. It's such a good race. Like, come down for it. They had like pizza, rum punch afterwards, like a you know bands and stuff. And five so k around Key West means you're still in Key West. You didn't go too far into the boonies. We didn't leave Key West. Yeah, no, that's we great. just ran around. And so I'm like, can I have some more rum punch? And they're like, sure. And they're like, hey, we've got this new stuff from the lost barrels you should come in you can only get it at the distillery so the next like, day i showed sold. up <laughs> i showed up at the distillery the next day and i'm like so i ran the race yesterday and they said you've got this new thing and the lady behind the board is like i remember you you're the only person who had two <laughs> things you had one before and one after and i was like yeah give me a bottle of the new stuff <laughs> uh yeah, so anyway, they have Hemingway Days with that has a Hemingway look-alike contest. So everyone wears the white nautical sweater, the white... Nor- fisherman you know, like, sweater. Nor- fisherman sweater, yes, and has a full beard that is either white or dyed white, and they wear maybe a hat, like a fisherman's hat, but they yeah. all try to look like Hemingway and the old man in the sea. Yeah, so that's what she's referring to here, where she's calling everybody Ernest and Mr. Hemingway. All right, so the dudes decide that they're going to try to summon some spirits and they grab a Ouija board from the pile of games beneath the television. Dude, don't play bar. Ouija board. It opens the portal. I've seen enough movies to know. We do have a Ouija board here in the house. Yes, but it no It glows thanks. in the dark. Anytime you want to use it, let me know. No, I don't think I'm ready yet. We don't have enough crucifixes yet. Yeah, that's true. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so one of the guys says, you're all aware that the Ouija board has the power to connect us directly with the dead, but you may not know that the dead are already among us. The ashes of a man who used to frequent the chart room, that's the name of the bar, are interred in the very bar on which the mojitos you are enjoying were prepared. Next to his ashes are the remains of General Chapman of the Conk Republic, and this is also the very bar where the late great Mel Fisher plotted his discovery of the Atocha. You want to talk about Mel Fisher? Now just look him up because he's the greatest treasure hunter ever in the world awesome he found like this sunken ship uh spanish ship emeralds 
coin, gold, gold coin, gold, literally gold doubloons. He spent years and years looking for it, finally found it. And the state of Florida was like, well, you have to give us all the treasure. And he's like, I'll split it with you 50-50. And they're like, no, we want it all. And they went to court. And the judge is like, well, the law says whatever, Florida, you get 5% or something. Yeah. So he got like a billion dollars worth of treasure. Like, like the law like of pirates. Literally. Like the law of the sea says that the person who finds a, a treasure gets to keep, you know, all of it and maybe 5% go to the state or something. It's, it's a really small percent. Florida way overplayed their hand. Dude. I know. And he's like, look, I'm going to be super reasonable. And they're like, we want everything. And he's like, well, let's see what the courts say. And the courts are like, he gets it all. <laughs> Uh, and so there's a Mel Fisher museum and there's stores. You can buy stuff online. I actually have a Mel Fisher emerald, uh, that I had set into a and little I'm thing. sure there are shows and movies about him too. Cause he, he looked for like 13 years for this. Today's this the day. Trip. It just sounded insane. It, it just sounded like every other kook who says, I'm going to find this thing or this thing is here. Atlantis is right here. And it just, but he, he just kept at it and he found it. Yep. So he's an inspiration to all the other kooks out there. You know, you might find some. All right, so back to our story. So one of the guys, Frank, he says, Earlier this evening, I came face to face with the papa of all ghosts. The men leaned in closer, watching Frank's eyes for any sign he was lying. None could be detected. It was 22 minutes past 8 o'clock when I approached the lighthouse. Now, this the lighthouse in Key West is like right across the street from the Hemingway House. Mm-hmm. Crossing diagonally on Whitehead Street, I was amazed at the lack of activity around Hemingway's house, but relished the silence and welcomed it as an opportunity to reflect on the man we all love to imitate. As I walked toward the front gate, I imagined I was him coming home from an evening on the town. I could almost sense what he felt as my boat shoes shuffled along the sidewalk. And Were you s- drunk? <laughs> he probably was drunk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's trying to be Hemingway, he probably was drunk. Kind of goes that saying. The scent of jasmine traveled gently through the air. I clasped my hands around the bars of the entry and stood for a few minutes, gazing at the house. Just then I was distracted by a noise and noticed I was not alone. I cast my gaze to the shadow that drifted across the upper veranda, silently cursing the caretaker who had interrupted my solitude. As this person walked into the light, my thoughts went from anger to confusion. As old man Hemingway appeared on that veranda not twenty yards from me. Now... Before you accuse me of losing my marbles, there are a few things that should be explained. First off, I was not drinking. Dear Daddy, heard your accusation. Get out of here. You're in Key West. I know. You're in Key West. You're trying to imitate Hemingway. You're drinking. Should we sing the Key West song? Key West is best. <laughs> Forget the, the rest. rest. I'm running <laughs> on high test. test. I'm, I'm in, in Key, Key West. West. <laughs> That's called the Key West Calypso. It's worth looking up. And repeating endlessly. It's very catchy. It's about being drunk in Key West. Yeah. All right. He says he wasn't drinking. Secondly, there are people who work at that house who have talked about his, his ghost experiencing everything from cold chills to the sound of a typewriter clacking away in the early morning. Thirdly, I've happened to notice there are more than a few lookalikes wandering around the streets of Key West this time of year, and I'm anything but gullible. I figured it was one of us getting a special after-hours tour of the place, so I called up to the balcony in hopes of joining in. Hey, Ernest, I yelled, and the man walked to the edge of the balcony where his gaze met mine. I waved my arm back and forth and called out, It's me, Frank! He responded with a hearty wave, and then right before my eyes became transparent and disappeared. Whoa. I know, right? 
It was Hemingway. I stood dumbfounded. Eventually, I regained my composure and turned to walk away. But as my hands released their grip from the gate, an icy cold breeze blew against my back and rushed through the gate, stirring up leaves on the sidewalk as it headed to the front door of his house. The hair in the back of my neck stood up for a good portion of my walk down Duval Street. It only happened on my way to meet you here tonight. You may call me crazy, but do I believe... (laughs) Do I believe I met the ghost of Ernest Hemingway? There was another moment of silence before the men followed Frank's gaze to the center of the table. The glass cylinder of the Ouija board's indicator rested firmly on yes. Planchette? It's called a planchette. (laughs) I've watched a lot of these movies. David L. Sloan, it's called a planchette. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oh, interesting. So here they have the little page called Local Legend, and it says... There are remains buried under the bar at Captain Tony's, which we talked about in last week, last yeah, we did. episode. Yep. Lady in Blue. Yep, she's a chapter in this book. All right, Jared Dad's broken out the Pilar rum. After we talked about it, we needed to have some. Man, is that good? It's hard not to. Ugh, delish. Okay, so our final spooky Hemingway story of the evening. This is still the imposter, the, the impersonators. Imposters. Nope, nope, they're they're done. We just had their planchette. Lenny. <laughs> okay. Now we have Haunted Hemingway, the ghost cat. Yeah. The ghost cat. Wow. How did she get... <laughs> okay, How did she get in here? I thought you'd close the doors before coming to bed. Nick wasn't angry. Just disappointed. No. <laughs> Nick wasn't angry. <laughs> just a little surprised at the cat's present. I did close the doors, Joan said. Maybe she was hiding under the bed. Nick and Joan lived at 907 Whitehead Street. The 1851 house is best known as the home of Ernest Hemingway, but over the years, the house has played host to a number of feline celebrities. Yeah, what, now what? They live in the Hemingway house? No. So Hemingway owned the home from 1931 oh, okay. until he died in 1961. Thank you, David Sloan. But spent less time there after he purchased a residence in Cuba following his divorce from Pauline in 1939. The home was sold to Bernice Dixon in 1961 and was opened as a museum in 1964. Uh It was during the early 1960s that Nick and Joan DiLorenzo had the pleasure of renting a room above the old carriage house at the former Hemingway estate. Okay. So, yes, we do have to... I had the same response. You made a weird face. I was like, what the heck? I think the carriage house is not a cat hotel. It might be, yeah. It seemed innocent enough when it first happened. Nick and Joan were lying in bed when a black and white tuxedo cat decided to join them. She hopped on the mattress between their feet and proceeded to walk across Nick's legs until she was comfortably perched at chest level. Paws kneading and motor purring, the cat was in heaven. Nick attempted to pet her, but she vanished into thin air. How many toes do you think? That's interesting. It doesn't say. Yeah, well, that's a gap because all of Hemingway's cats have six toes. It does say in here, most cats have five toes on each front foot and four toes on each back foot. Genetics and inbreeding can cause additional digits, making the cat's polydactyl in the scientific world or simply Hemingway cats in Key West. Ernest was given his six, his first six-toed cat by a sea captain and many more than 60 cats living on the property today are descendants from the original. Yeah, if you look at them, it's pretty easy to tell because they look like they're all thumby. They like got big, they, fat, big, wide, It just feels like you feet. can just see that they have an extra toe because they got totally. big, giant, thumby feet. So this doesn't say yet how many toes it had, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it... He tried to pet it and went poof. Poof. It happened several more times. 
the last being early one morning. Nick felt the familiar paws across his chest and opened his eyes to see the same black and white cat with her face just inches from his nose. I'm going to try to read what this is. It's pretty good. Y-O-W-R-L-L-L. That's good. The cat stared at his eyes while emitting the sound, faded in color until she was transparent and then disappeared without a trace. Poof. Joan rolled over and gave Nick a tap. Can you open the door? The cat sounds like she wants to go out. At that point, Nick knew that at least one of Hemingway's cats had more than nine lives. Oh, that's <laughs> that's it. The end. <laughs> I was expecting like this great story about Stole ghost cats. the soul. No, it didn't do anything like that. All right. Well, we've got one local legend bit here. Neighbors, so this is just like a little, it's like a little box on a page with a picture. Yeah, okay. Neighbors of the Ernest Hemingway home and gardens believe Ernest Hemingway is not the only ghost roaming the property. A woman matching the appearance of his second wife, Pauline Pfeiffer, has been seen smoking cigarettes near the front gate. When approached, she disappears, leaving only a partially burned cigarette behind. Whoa. The same variety Pauline smoked. Pauline died on October 1st, 1951. She's now smoking jewels. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Vaping ghosts are like the least scary thing. Better ever. batteries never run out. Ba, ba, yeah. ba. Oh, here, no, we've got another two pager. Oh, four pager. Haunted Hemingway. Pauline was pretty put upon, actually. Hemingway he was... did not treat her well. Her husband, no. her family was super rich, and Hemingway had this pattern of marrying rich women, w- women with rich families, and then endearing himself to their to the families, dads. to the dads, mostly usually, the dads, yeah. yeah, and then getting all the money from them. <laughs> And he's like, I'll pay you back with my next book advance. It'll be fine. And they're like, here's some more crap. I think his boat was bought by someone else, too. I mean, the whole thing was... Yeah, the boat was bought by someone else. It was just such a a good deal for him. (laughs) So strange. Yeah. All right, so we do have one more. Uh, Haunted Hemingway... I think I thought this was all part of the cat one because the cat one was so short. Haunted Hemingway, La Finca Villa. Hmm. I had to have Google translate that pronounce that for me i'm not sure that it's right still what is it la finca Villa may not be a familiar estate to many americans but the name brings fear to the hearts of cubans who have been employed there over the past several years la finca Villa is best known as the former cuban home of author ernest hemingway and those employees believe his ghost is alive and well and still residing at la finca so like does he have two ghosts can one have two ghosts Ghosts can bilocate. Ghosts can flip back and flit back and forth. Flit, flit. Well, interesting. The estate is quite sizable and spans several acres with. What is it? Yeah. What does La Finca Villa mean? Well, let me see. Okay, La Finca Viga means the farm beam. Beam with B-E-A-M. an M. Beam. Mm-hmm. Not like okay. a kidney beam. La Finca Viga. The estate is quite sizable and spans several acres with a variety of trees and lush vegetation. In Cuba. Yeah, deeded to the Cuban government in 1960. The home looks exactly as it did when Hemingway was living there. Deeded or acquired by? Look, David L. Sloan says deeded. Apolitical. Go ahead. <laughs> the original furniture, hunting trophies, manuscripts, shoes, pants, and boots all give the impression that he's only stepped away for a few minutes. Tropical paths meander across the estate and went and wind down the hills to reveal a guest home, swimming pool, pet cemetery, and Papa's prize boat, the Pilar. Wow. Yeah, but the paths are not the only things meandering around the famous estate. They got better stuff. All Key West Hemingway houses a bunch of freaking houses. And cats. Uh, And cats. Yeah. Cats. 
And a, I mean, also a ghost. I guess it's yeah. fine. Adania Rodriguez had worked at Finca for several years. She started at the gate giving directions for tour buses, but eventually moved to the guest house, making sure people didn't try to walk away with any of the Hemingway belongings. It was here she had her first ghostly encounter. It was the middle of the afternoon, and I was standing in the main room of the guest house. It's up on the second floor, so the only way to get in is from the steps outside, and then you can only come in a little bit because I'm standing there to stop you. There was nobody on the steps at the time, so I was just waiting for people to come when I heard footsteps in the room behind me. Nobody's allowed back there, so I ran back to tell them to leave, but the footsteps stopped. It happened two more times that month, and the last time I saw the shadow of a man, but no one was there. I told my boss I didn't like it there, so the next week they moved me to the main house. Adania's responsibility in the main house was stopping people from grabbing Ernest's stuff through the open windows of the house. Boy. Sounds real lawless around there. Yeah, no, the, the other house is protected by the cats, I guess. You couldn't do that because they'd like, claw yeah. you. That's true. It also has a big fence. A cat-proof fence. Yeah. Uh, all right, so she had to keep people from grabbing his stuff. But her <laughs> job also included preventing photos from being taken of the home's interior or collecting $10 for each photo. What now? This sounds terrible. I would not want to go She is collecting $10. She's like, you took a picture. You owe me $10. Oh, my goodness. The main house staff also had the responsibility of locking everything up at night, a task that would soon lean to Idania's departure. Nadia, new character, was closing up the entry room when I locked the windows of the bathroom and the library. I was standing by the shoe rack when I could feel someone behind me. I turned around, but no one was there. I started to walk back to the main room when I felt cold breath on my ear and a voice that whispered, What are you doing here? What? It was a man's voice. He spoke English, but what there was you? no man around. What are you doing here? <laughs> I told Nadia, and she said it was just the ghost, but he was not bad. I was not sure I agreed. Okay. Nadia <laughs> took to closing the exteriors of the house after the whispering incident. It seemed that nowhere on the estate was safe for her. Perhaps the ghost had taken a liking to her dark eyes and the curls in her hair. And her rich dad. It was a full moon the night that I saw him, and I was the last one still closing. I was walking down the path to the pool when I heard a stick break on the ground behind me. When I turned around, I saw a man coming down the path. He was tall and red-faced, walking slowly. He was dressed in Bermudas, a light baggy shirt, and leather sandals. I started to walk away from him, but he continued to follow. The faster I walked away, the faster he followed me. When I realized he was following me, I went straight to the gate and left my key hanging on a palm tree before running home. The Cuban Ministry of Tourism believes the sightings of Ernest Ghost will benefit Finca Vija. Idania Rodriguez resigned and will not be revisiting Hemingway's Cuban estate. Isn't her job to try to keep people out of there? So she runs away from people if they come in there? This well, could have just been some dude stealing stuff. It's true. She Reaching quit, in so. to grab valuables. I know. Sorry, Adanya. I mean, yep. I'm sure you're scared. Yep, yep. So there you go. Those are now, that is the totality of our haunted. I think it's pretty good. I bet there are ghosts in Hemingway's house. That's a, that's a place with history. It's spooky. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Sorry. Keep banging my microphone there. I'm a professional. uh so there you go that is our spooky halloween why don't you talk about your haunts in this house a little bit well i kind of talked about all of them on the golden ratio podcast all right then at least refer to that one okay so this week 
on the Golden Ratio podcast. Jen has experienced some oral hauntings. Yeah. A-U-R-A-L. Banging in the walls, footsteps on the stairs. Footsteps going down the stairs. Several footsteps. Distinctive step, sound of step, footsteps. Step, step, step. Not just like wood settling. Also possessed ceiling fan upstairs. <laughs> we did not cause this. Vink just decided. Vink, it's okay, Vink. There's no ghost. We, we'd like to say that's the cause of... Are you even typing? We'd like to say that's the cause of some, you know, that Vink is sniffing out a ghost, but she does this all the time for no good reason. It's all right, Vink. Vink. Everybody, it's okay. It's okay. Shh, it's okay. And then Vink barks for no good reason, and then everyone else starts start barking. So, yeah. so there has, doesn't have to be anything going on. It's a, just a feedback loop. Jasmine, it's okay, baby. Jazzer, you're deaf. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. If you uh, if you want to hear about my haunting experiences in the house, you can listen to the Golden Ratio podcast, and I talk about them. Of course, I say that, but Vink was looking, staring at a point in space just now, barking. I know. She may be as much smarter than we give her credit for, and she just sees dead people. I may just be trying to make myself feel better. Well, I think we're safe, because I've never been like attacked by a ghost here, so that's pretty good. Well, you're nice. You ready for a dog palate cleanser? Yeah, of course. Always. All right. So this story is from the Huffington Post. So this guy, former, uh, he's a veteran, right? So formerly in the military. Which um, branch does it say? Uh, let's see if we get down there. It doesn't say right here. Hmm. I mean, he's an older guy. Okay. Uh, I think he had a heart attack or some problem. He had to go into the hospital and he was in there for a while so he had two dogs, Bailey and Blaze. Didn't have anybody who could take care of them. He, this is in Camden, Delaware. Mm-hmm. And so the first state animal center and SPCA took the dogs. Uh, and they were going to temporarily take care of them. Um, they'd stay there while the guy was in the hospital. Uh, but he was in the hospital for weeks. He's not coming out. And they're like, all right, well, like, I guess they don't have anywhere to go. Like, this guy's maybe you know, permanently going to be in the hospital or in a nursing home. Uh, and so they were put up for adoption. And then the owner gets out of the hospital. Yeah. Fortunately, no one had adopted them yet. Thank So that's good. good. Little mercenary there, first animal shelter, ASPCA. I mean, I'm sure they just have a policy, right? That's like after two weeks or whatever. So the, mm. so he's like, all right, I want the dogs back. And they're like, great. He goes to the shelter, which is inside of a PetSmart. The dogs are like super excited to see him. It's like, all right, these are my dogs. Let's get them. And they're like, okay, but they're up for adoption. So you have to pay the adoption fee. It's 250 bucks. And he's like, all right, uh, I'm going to have to sell my car. I'll go sell my car so I can get my dogs get his back. his own dogs back. Yeah. Petco, ASPCA, Camden. Hush. Come Hush, on. We're not done. Hush. He had to buy his own dogs back. Okay, Hush. anyway. No, he didn't. Shh. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Shh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, he's like, all right, I'll be back for him. I'm going to sell my car. I want the dogs back. And so someone who worked at the Petco was like, this is some bullshit. This dude needs his dogs back. So uh, they hashed a plan and said, we're going to get somebody to pay these fees for him. So somebody volunteered and was like, I'll just give you the 250 bucks. He can have the dogs. I'll pay somebody the fee for Somebody would have been you or me. I totally would have done it. 
Mm-hmm. A bunch of other people, staffers, volunteers, bought him a bunch of food and toys and oh, other stuff good. for the dog. So he comes back to the shelter on Thursday and he's like, look, I need a few more days to get the 250 bucks together. And they're like, nope, you're good. Here are the dogs. That's and good. there's this video of them and they he and he's like, okay, well, I need some time. And like somebody's recording it because they're going <sighs> to tell him. And uh, he's like, no, you, you know, it's fine. Also, here's all this stuff and here's your dogs. And the dogs come out and they're like all jumping on him. And he's like crying. And he the dogs hadn't are sold crying. his car, which oh, is good, right? Yeah, he hadn't sold his car yet. Thank goodness. Uh, so, yeah, the dude is like super excited. It says, the donations haven't stopped. Supplies have been coming in for the dogs, for the man, gift cards for food and gas, among other things. And, uh, yeah. I hope he makes a million bucks on this. It'd be great if he can just take care of his dogs and live the high life that'd be great clearly loves his dogs and dogs love him like they were super you can watch the video and they're just like so excited to finally see him and so yeah all these people came together and they bought him all kinds of stuff and uh you know raised some money for him to get back on his feet and to take care of his dogs there's a guy who would sell his car to get his dog his dogs yep that's That's a guy who should have the right thing so um that's a very nice story so there you go I take it all back about Petco. You have some good people working there. Yeah. Petco may be a big corporation with no feelings at all, but the people who work there are very nice. This one in Camden, Delaware, you did a good job. The people are saints. Yep. Nice work, everybody. Minor saints, but still saints. That's hey, good. we'll take what we can get. Money saint is okay. Yeah, for sure. Hmm? <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's the end of Spooky October, Murders in Paradise. Spooky November yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're going to Spooky November. Yeah. We're going to gain an hour of haunting tonight. Yeah, dear dad, you, what are you going to do with that extra hour? Just hang out with a candle and wait for ghosts. That's pretty good. On the st- I'm going to sit on the stairs. I think that's a haunty place. I think it's a good idea. Uh, take video just in case. Yep, I might fall asleep though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the video will keep recording. TBH, I would probably fall asleep. Yeah. Well, we hope you all had a great spooky October. Um, we'll be back with the proper murder in a couple of weeks. <laughs> murder and... or someone getting hurt or something. I mean, it's always like near murdering sometimes. Murder or murder adjacent. I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, until then, don't conk out. Yeah, don't conk out. Bye. Bye. Bye.